Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, and that's sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your... Uh you're bearing a brewskis. It's August. Happy August, everybody. Uh, this is named after Augustus, the month of Augustus. And uh, we hope it's a sunny month. We've had a great July, and uh, looks like we're going to have a great uh, vintage this year. Um, I'm out in Walla Walla, and, uh, of course, August we have the auction of Washington Wines. But you got to get out to Walla Walla and check out um, Walla Walla Vintners and our friends Amaurice. They're right be- right down the street from our, our little vineyard. It's called Yellowbird. And uh, they've got uh, a whole new estate program going on. It's pretty neat. they got a brand new label and some estate-driven wines uh, from fruit that's grown right there. It's all dry farm, so uh, it's got uh, real flavor, I guess you could say. Um, but if you want to know stuff about the restaurant scene and what's happening, we call them birth announcements. And uh, uh, there's a couple websites out there that um, are really, really helpful and uh, connect you to our culinary um, uh, scene. It's uh, Northwest Stir is one of them, but um, Seattle Dining. And Seattle Dining is great because they list all the, they got happy hours and they've got the new chefs and bios and recipes. And I have the editor of Seattle Dining. It's Connie Adams. She's in a studio today. And we're going to talk about uh, that website and how she garners, gleans all of her information. Plus, um, her big event, September 14th, is Cooking with Class. And this is a fundraiser over at Salty's. Uh, she's handed me this cookbook. Um, but let's get to chatting. Uh, Connie Adams, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have you. Uh, happy Saturday night. Um, Seattle Dining is a website, seattledining.com. When did you found this, and what was your inspiration? You know, actually, it's an online magazine, uh-huh. and it was founded by Tom Marin, who owns it and publishes it, and we met at a, of course, culinary event at Serafina about, uh, wow, 15 years ago or more. Um, Susan Kaufman. Susan Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her. Miss her. Yeah. Um, we met, uh, Eileen Mintz introduced us. She was a Con Air PR. Mintz, that's who I was trying to remember her name. Yeah. What was her PR c- company? Mintz Media. Mintz Media. Yeah, which is interesting because our parent company is Mixed Media. Mixed. So <laughs> we were bound to be together somehow. Mixed Mintz. Uh, um, funny. Yeah. I had just started doing a little culinary PR and I had, I was networking and I, uh, ended up talking to Eileen. Well, actually, she read something I had written, and so she contacted me and said, "Come out to this uh, event I have at, uh, for my client at Serafina." And you know, so she had a table full of media people, and Tom was there for Seattle Dining. I'd been writing for a couple other websites out of L.A., and uh, we met. I mean, uh, online magazines. Yeah, it, yes, <laughs> they were actually websites. They were interesting. I think they're both gone now, but um, one of them was actually collecting information about restaurants to feed to large companies to tell them what the trends were so they'd get food oh. going like that. So it was, you know, interesting things. Like wings? Wings, yeah. <laughs> you know, and poke bowls. <laughs> Everyone's got poke now. Yeah. Pretty funny. So I Tom know. started this, what year was 1999. this? 1999. It has always been online only, and we went up shortly before, this is uh, dinosaur years in tech, right before 
City Search bought MSN Sidewalk. Oh, yeah. So there wasn't a lot out there, and Tom was really ahead of his time. He, he founded a motorcycle magazine, a music magazine in Seattle Dining. So, Is the music magazine still around? It's gone. It went the way Was of, that the rocket? No, that was the print magazine, and he said, hey, guys, support me, because now the rocket's gone, and everybody trashed him. So, yeah. So that's gone. For, odd, but the... Uh, Soundwriter, the motorcycle magazine, is larger than really? 70,000 people a month. Read That's it. pretty neat. Yeah. So um, how are you finding stories to report? Where where are you sleuthing? You know, it's interesting. People will say to me, what's your editorial calendar? And I'm like, I have no editorial calendar. I just, whatever fascinates Starts me is where first. I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I publish stories. What do you want to know? Um, it's just something that catches my eye. Um and and maybe it's something that for some reason I've heard about a couple times. Like uh, a couple of months ago, I did an article on Ciudad Grill, and I just is that how you say it? Ciudad. Ciudad. That's a Spanish word. Yeah, city. City. Uh huh. Yeah. And where is that? It's in built uh, Georgetown. Georgetown. Right. And you know, I finally got down there for lunch one day, and it's killer. They grill all their meats outdoors, oh. and then they've got these vegetables that they're doing inside and on the grill. It's just a la amazing. plancha. A la plancha. Is yeah. that the grill? Uh huh. Oh, see, I learned something today. Yeah. Well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're helping each other. Uh, fun. But, so so you... it'll just. It, that's where I. You know, I'll just or I'll talk to somebody, and they'll mention that they're doing something else. I was like, what? What else are you doing? So then I'll jump on that. Well, I know that Seattle Maid had something called the Game of Chefs. Uh, it was last Wednesday night, oh. and it's over at the Pike Place uh, Market Atrium Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Um, and I checked it out. It was really fun. Seattle Maid's a pretty cool organization. They represent all products of people yeah. who make it in Seattle. Now, um, how many pages, what, what sort of features or, or uh, columns or departments do you have in this magazine? You know, we do probably four to six new things each month. And we have, so there'll be, say, four brand new articles. And it might be like, Christopher, you've got a winery. Tell us about how that started, what made you do that. And, and I'll get the story behind it. The idea is that I'd rather bond people to someone and say, hey, that Christopher's guy sounds great. I want to see what he's doing. <laughs> As opposed to saying, I went to this restaurant and I didn't think the poke was any good. The next night it was probably great. So I don't want to do You mean reviews. like day after? Yeah, yeah, when it's really old and it's been sitting in the sun on the counter. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, we want to bond people to go find out for themselves. We're not going to tell them we liked it or not liked it. We do that on the podcast. Uh huh. So the articles are like that. Then we've got um, kind of an in-the-kitchen thing, and we do Chef's Kitchen, and we get local chefs to give us a recipe, a, a tip that improves or something a professional cook might, not, might know and a home cook might not. They give us the tip a recipe that uses the tip, and a photo of the completed dish. Hmm. So every month we have, you know, something new coming from somebody. It's very fun, a little advertising for them and a little fun for our readers to try something at home. We do, Ron Holden writes for us, and he does a, an actual review each month. Since we're just, you know, confrontationally deprived, we don't like to go out and yell at people, so we make <laughs> Ron do it. Yeah, Ron, there's got no problem with that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm not, uh, it doesn't happen monthly, but we have a beverage column where we'll go out and we'll talk to a sommelier or a, a, a food and a beverage manager at a restaurant or, or a bar, somebody who owns a, a brewery, a distillery. And they may talk, like if they own a distillery, they may talk spirits, or they may say, you know what my favorite beer is and here's why, and this is why it's made. And so it's just a little learning adventure about some beverage. And how does one sign up uh, to receive Seattle Dining? Is it free? Bonus. Totally free. And you can just go on seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. And it asks for your 
uh, email address and a little information like how many times do you eat out a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. How many uh, subscribers uh, do you typically reach? Uh, is it a monthly deal? Is it, it's a monthly. We uh -huh. publish monthly. It's about 7,500 who are subscribed, but we uh, about 20, what is it now, 22, last count was 22,000 plus that we were on it in a month, Unique Readers. Cool. And the, the really interesting thing about it is that the page read time or the, the amount the of view. page, the view uh -huh. is five and a half or something. People stay on a long time. Yeah. They actually read the articles and stay on and read it and flip from one thing to another. Well, it's cool because you actually, um, you're not just Seattle, right? Aren't you just like Bellevue and yeah, we do Bellevue. the metro market? Because I think I saw someone Bainbridge out of once. Yeah, and we do getaways. So, uh -huh. you know, we've done things like Suncadia Lodge or, you know, things like that. So we'll do. And in the last couple of months, we've been traveling a little bit for the motorcycle magazine. So we, we'll put on, uh, well. Wait, are you like on the back of a Harley? No Harleys. No Harleys? No Harleys. Tom has five bikes. They're all Hondas. Oh. And I sold mine because I just never rode it. Uh-huh. But. Um, are you in the back seat? Are you in yeah. Now, although I, I have to say I haven't been on it in about a year. I got to, you know. A little afraid those clothes aren't going to fit anymore. <laughs> the chaps? Yeah, the chaps. <laughs> Speaking with Connie Adams, the editor of Seattle Dining and uh, the founder of Cooking with Class, and we're going to chat about that a bit, but um, do you t cover new restaurants and restaurant closures. I know that um, Mina, Mina, does. Mina does that, and I've yeah. seen birth announcements. That hasn't made me think about it, because I always yeah. thought that was cool. Like, hey, what's new? Yeah. And then the sad part was what's, what's closed. Yeah, the what's death closed. announcements. I know. I know. And it was such so tough to see Circadia bow out in such a short time. Oh, such a short time. Uh, and I well, just... and Maria Hines, Young American Ale House. That, that didn't make it? <laughs> didn't make it. Where was it? It took over Golden Beetle. In Ballard. Oh, right. And I guess it just did not fly. Great American Ale House, huh? Young American Ale Young House. Young American. Yeah. I didn't even get down there. It was like, what do you mean it's gone? Yeah. No. So. It's odd because Ballard is, it seems to be thriving and you could throw yeah. up anything and even hot dog carts do well. I know. And there's so many people down there. People walking around all the time. A lot of foot traffic. Lots. I and, don't know. Uh, she was still a little bit out, you know, a little more toward uh, 15th than... than oh, right. You know, but But still... I don't, I don't really know why, because she's been so Just successful elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was too American. Cause, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too organic. Pretty neat. So um, what new restaurants, or, or what, what's a place that you, you said you see you down in Georgia? Uh, I would really recommend, and, yeah. and they're going to be at Cooking with Class, so. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Cooking with Class then. So this yeah. is an event that you started? 16 years ago. This will be our 16th year. Wow. First one was in 2002, and it was Eileen and I who started it. We pulled Penny Rawson in, who had been uh, had her own catering. That's when I think we met back in because it was at Salty's, right? Cause yeah. I remember doing that in maybe oh four or five as at the Rainer Club, and I remember Eileen. She passed what in oh eight or ten? Yeah, eight or nine, something yeah. like that. It's been I can't believe how long it's been. I know. Yeah. Um, so you started this with what idea? I mean, you wanted just to. You know, I had been working at a nonprofit. And Me too. Still. <laughs> still. We're still nonprofits. Um, and I had sort of given up my food thing, and I missed being in the food business, writing about food and talking to people about food. So she had wanted to meet me, and we got together, and in a two-hour lunch, we created this thing. And uh, and it was just a back and forth. Was it you for know? your nonprofit at the time? or Yeah, it was where I was working. Um, but then we took the idea to them, and they didn't want to do it. Oh, we have enough fundraising events. We don't want to do any more. It's like, okay. So we kept down them, and eventually we did it for the two smallest programs. And uh, 
the first year it was so funny we started it and believe me I was giving tickets away to employees for five dollars sure. and yeah, you know yeah. nobody got my concept I know that chefs would come and teach you how to cook and you'd make a dish with them people weren't really getting it so Penny Rawson who had been had her own catering firm was also doing culinary PR and had worked with um, David Leclerc no, uh, uh, he, he's passed away now, David, that was the master sommelier out at David uh, Columbia. Lake. David master Lake. Master wine. David Lake, master, yeah. Yeah. She had worked with him for years as the caterer at Columbia. Mm. And uh, so the three of us were really doing it, and we thought, we don't know what we've done here. And we had a bell, because it's cooking with class. And oh, I see. And we knocked the bell, and the chef started talking, and it was just like magic. The three of us, were our eyes were just flipping back and forth, going, we cannot believe how great this is. And he had an audience, commanded the audience, and who was that first chef? It was Well, there were 12 of them. We uh-huh. were going to have 15, and this is how bad it was. We were going to have 15 chefs, and three of them canceled at the last minute, and it didn't make any difference. We, we didn't have enough people, so we spread them out, and all the classes looked full. And that's the last time that happened. It's sold out every year since, and we've got 22 chefs. Really? How, how long does this take, this program run? It's an hour and a half. Uh, no, it's from like 6 to close to 10, 9.30. Okay, September so 14th. 30-minute classes, and you choose oh, three classes. So oh. you as a guest choose three classes, uh, three chefs to be with. You can choose because you've always wanted to know that chef, or you can choose because of the dish that's being taught. And then Salty's provides everything. They, they provide gloves, and people snap them on, and they make the dish with the chef. If they want. Yeah. If they want to sit back and not do anything, they can. Now, is there other libations? Yes. Oh, yes. We have so many wines. It's beautiful. Mac and Jack Brewery is going to be a sponsor this year. Excellent. There'll be some with, with beer. And, All right. Uh, yeah. Well, how do you get tickets? You get tickets by going to seattledining.com backslash CWC for cooking with class. Seattledining.com backslash CWC, <laughs> cooking yeah. with class. Takes place September 14th. Tickets are? Uh, $150 per person. Uh-huh. Great. And so that includes some libations, includes a chance to pr- prepare the meal, and you get to oh, yeah. partake? Yes. Three you, meals, right? Yeah. And actually, the fun thing is Taylor Shellfish is there, so when you come in, when you check in, you've got Shuck Doysers, Esquin Wine does a tasting table. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, speaking with Connie Adams here with uh, editor of Seattle Dining right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two, and uh, I've got two glasses in front of me, but my guest has none. Uh, it's Connie Adams. <laughs> She's a total foodie right now. Um, she is the producer of Cooking with Class, which is a charity benefit at Salty's. On September 14th, they have 22 chefs, and you have an opportunity to have some libations, some fresh oysters when you walk in the door, a little wine tasting with Esquin, uh, some Mac and Jack's beer, plus an opportunity to cook with three of your favorite chefs of that lineup that mm-hmm. night uh, for 30 minutes apiece. So you get uh, rub elbows, feel like you're in the kitchen. I'm sure it's not that, that Gordon Ramsay guy, right? You're not no, going to no. be s- shouting and <laughs> humiliating anybody. No, the only time yelling takes place is when they finish cooking, because then they get to eat, and everybody's like, ah! 
Right on. Yeah. And uh, so everyone's got their own little uh, gas-fired uh, stove. Like a butane thing. Yeah, a butane yeah. thing. And uh, I trust to bring in brandy and we're going to do some flambe and things <laughs> like that. You know, nobody's doing a lot of flambe, but we have really interesting dishes. Um, I mentioned Aaron from Ciudad Girl is going to be there, and he's doing a tomato and, in parentheses, lox. With, oh, yeah. Um, he's got dilled goat cheese. Pickled shallot. I mean, it's it's mm. really interesting stuff that they do. Lamb penang from Russia. Chloe Lee from the SLS Hotel. What's penang? It's a type of curry. I see. Okay. Yeah. Chloe Lee from the SLS Hotel, which is not open yet. It's opening in August. Where's? It's the one that's going up behind the Rainer, the Rainer Club. Club. Yeah. It's still an SLS, huh? Yeah. Because they're supposed to have Jose Andres do a restaurant there. Yeah. Back what they talked about. In fact, he came to town even. He may be, you know, they they're not even they're not even letting me publish my story that I wrote with really? Gavin Stevenson, the oh. the executive, you know, the food and beverage manager. He's he's the... he moved from the Fairmont. Oh, or not the Fairmont. Yeah, the yeah. Fairmont. Yeah. yeah, he was at the well previous four seasons and the Olympic it's always Hotel. The four seasons yeah, me. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I know. And he was there when it was the Olympic Hotel. I yeah. think he'd been there for years. But she's the pastry chef. She's doing a chocolate truffle and a whole chocolate class. Um. Christian Chandler is there from Serafina and Chiquetti mm-hmm. doing a harissa braised octopus. Mm. Telling you. Yeah. Dave Cooper from La Piche is going to actually teach people how to make cheese. and then really? A simple cheese and then put it on a salad with French ham. Oh, wow. Hamon or hambone. Oh, hamon. <laughs> no, that's Spanish. Oh, that's Spanish, yeah. yeah. Hambone, I think. Yeah. We're good. We're really knowledgeable. <laughs> we are. We, we're multilingual, right? Or... Yeah. Erica Nelson from Elliot's is going to be there. This was the first class to sell out this year. She's doing ancho seared scallops. Hmm. Interesting. I'm a purist. I don't know. I like my lemon blanc. I know. <laughs> Could there be anything better than that? But <laughs> with a white burgundy. Jeff Maxfield's coming back from Sky City. He's there almost every year. Oh. He is doing something that Will sounds... he be out? Will he be off work from then? Yes. Because they're uh, shutting down for the million dollar, or the I know, multi-million the big renovation. dollar. Glass floors. You know, I walked past there today coming down here, and it's um, packed. There are so many cars in the valet at the Space Needle. You can't believe it's it. I guess always everybody's that way. Is it? Yeah. It's this... not just because it's closing and people are trying to get in. Uh, no, especially it's just time, man. It's going to go do it. And the food is good. Yeah. 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 And it's not... Overpriced, yeah. They could, they could, they could go further. You. I mean, I think they might be hitting that fifty-six dollars an entree. But when you get to sixties, like, oh, geez, really? <laughs> Please. I mean, I know some other steakhouses that that's no problem. But yeah, I want to do that. Um, yeah. So, who else is coming? Um, let's see. We've got Jesse Souza from Six Seven. Huh. So you got a lot of waterfront restaurants. You got yeah. There. Let's see. Kurt Goddard from uh, Salty's. Kyle Johnson is the sous chef at Dahlia. It's the first time we've had somebody from the Tom Douglas organization, so oh, that's great. About time. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bodinet is one of our favorites. He's oh, coming from yeah. Copperleaf. He always does something fantastic. I know. He's a cool cat, and yeah. um, I was just down there the other day. They got a brand new bar. Oh, that's right. You got to see it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's high state of the art, but. Oh, my gosh. They we opened get up down the windows. There. Yeah. I wanted Ooh. to stay. Forever. You got to go to Copperleaf, everybody. Check it out. It's a fantastic yes. restaurant. And the bars there as well. You do a cookbook. You gave me this cookbook here, and it's called Cooking with Class. Now, this is a compilation of... uh, Out of the first 15 years, it's about, I can't remember now if it's 25 or 50 recipes. So, I mean, we've got over 300 recipes from all these chefs for all these years. And and I've always said one of my favorite cookbooks when I was in my 20s was the Seattle Restaurant Cookbook. And I don't know if I loaned it to someone or something, so if any of my friends are listening, give it back. <laughs> I don't have it anymore, but it was one of my favorite things. It's where I got my hummus recipe and, 
you know, Henry's Off Broadway had a recipe in there. So all my favorite things, and that in Henry's a way, Henry's Off Broadway. Wow. I know. I I'm only twenty. Trust me. Um, but this is kind of like that. It's it's the recipes that they brought to Cooking with Class and made. So it's really fun, and we put a little information about each chef, and we, we might say that, you know, like Wayne was at Andaluca when he brought this recipe to us, and he's now at Fair Start. So we might, you know, we give a little information about the chef, and so it's just a fun fun book to have, and you get to cook like a chef. Have you been to the Fair Start uh, new operations there at the... Uh, down by, um, in the, the Amazon. The Spheres or whatever they call Oh, them. yeah. No, haven't been down there. Well, they're not open them? yet. They're not open yet? August. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm looking at this cookbook. It's pretty neat. Um, you've got some, some names we haven't seen in a while, but uh, some names that are obviously popular. Chef Tom Black, uh, yeah. Ethan Stoll, um, Dan Thiessen, who's yeah. down at Walla Walla. It's like, wow, look at that. Um, it's pretty neat. And is this book cost? Is this part of the benefits of attending the class? No, or? We, we made it, and we're, um, first of all, paying off the cost of making it. <laughs> and then we'll decide what we're going to do, if we're going to donate some proceeds to something or how we're going to do that. That's we, cool. Yeah. So it's twenty four ninety five. All right. And uh, it's pretty neat because it's a bit of history. It's it's communal. I mean, it's, it has community-based, and uh, you've got uh, a lot of dudes here. I see a couple ladies. Yeah. Um, but it's, You know, surprisingly, and it might be because it's kind of a rambunctious um, event, I think sometimes some of the sh- women chefs are really have to, like, yell. The other thing is, like, Tamara Murphy has done it, but this is the time of year, just like Jim Droman at Le Pichet, they're gone. Yeah. This is the time of year that they are gone. Sure. So... I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, the other thing I wanted to mention was that when once I get the dishes from the chefs, I send it out to the wineries. So the wineries pair the di- the their wine with the dish. Awesome. So they get back to me and say, hey, you know what? I really think I want to do that with um, Kyle at Dahlia Lounge. I've how do you perfect- select the wineries? Um, it's people either that I know, I've done stories with, or I've tried some wine and it's like, oh, my gosh. Penny and I used to go to taste... Uh, Taste of Washington every year, mm-hmm. and we'd go around and say, okay, today we're going to find the, the wines that are going to go with oysters. Now Esquint's doing that for us this year. Ah, but, um, nice. Yeah. Good to get them involved. Exactly. There's a brand new winery called Callan Cellars. They're uh, here in Woodenville, and they made a pick pool, which was really, really Ooh. crisp and delicious. And I know the only other person to make pick pool was um, uh, McCray. Oh, okay. And so it was, uh, that was a couple years ago, but uh, really fun. So September 14th, how many people can attend? 176. 176. And right now we've got about 20 to 22 seats left. Okay. And so how many people per class? Is this Eight. Eight. So everybody actually gets to do, now, as, yeah. is it like a team effort? We all, we're going to chop one zucchini, or is everybody going to chop a zucchini? Or? Really, it's kind of up to the chef how he wants to involve people, and I, it's always my general suggestion to the chefs that knife skills probably don't use because they're all drinking. By the third class, might not be a good idea. So we've never had an incident. You get one of them chopper things. You just keep pushing (laughs) down. That's everybody gets one of those. So mostly it's like, you know, uh, somebody will be stirring. Somebody can be adding to the pot. Somebody else might be um, doing the presentation. They'll they'll say, okay, now, and if you're going to put this uh, cilantro sauce over the top, just do it to the left here. You know, this is how you make it look nice. And the whole time, they can be saying... How did you get into the business? Why why are you working for Columbia Hospitality or you know, why did right. you move to Fairstart? So they get to know the chefs, which I think is why the chefs come back every year. They're usually back in a kitchen and maybe at the end of the evening they can come out and say I hope you enjoyed the meal. Yeah. This is hands-on and what happens really is that they bond with the chefs and there's a very big uh 
return of investment. People sure. go to that restaurant because they know the chef. Yeah, yeah, I bet. You know? I think it's fun to know a chef, yeah. especially to see what drives them, what motivates yeah. them, and then how they cook and their depth yeah. of touch. Speaking with Connie Adams, the founder of Cooking with Class, taking place September 14th over at Salty's. It's uh, seattledining.com backslash CWC for right. Cooking with Class. Tickets are buck fifty. includes uh, uh, some wine selections from Esquin. Appetizers, Appetizers. from Salty's. Uh, the Taylor Shellfish. Mm. Your three dishes that you make and then eat and the wine that you pair with it. We have wine from every class at the tasting table. So you can have that. Oh, right. So as well as the wine. You don't miss anything. The, you really don't miss anything. Wow, is there, is there a contest or anything like that? That's Who's got the... To... Is there a junior chef or... Uh... <laughs> No, no junior chefs. Or the, uh, what, do you, what can we say? It's the, a chef Nazi. No junior chefs. That's right, no junior chefs. I was going to say the, uh, um, well, it's interesting because this goes against the Zion of uh, too many cooks don't spoil the. Don't spoil the thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> it really is a lot of fun because you get to be right in there doing it. And people come every year. The, uh, people will walk in and go, hey, how are you? They ha- I haven't seen you since last year. We've got a couple who came on a blind date. Then oh. they came the next year on their first anniversary. They came two days before they got married. And now they've wow. been traveling the U.S. and they're back in Seattle. They're coming back. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it's, you well, know. Well, what does one wear? What would you suggest for uh, attire? You know, I would not wear jeans. It's a little nicer than that, but you do not want to wear fine, dry, cleanable Don't clothes. Don't wear heels. Don't wear heels. You're moving around. You want a washable clothes. Okay. Yeah. So and, just be comfortable. Right. Be comfortable. And what day is September 14th? It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday night. So yeah. head over to West Seattle. It'll be a wonderful summer, Indian summer afternoon yes. moving into twilight. Starts at? Uh, 6 p.m. is the check-in. You do have to have tickets in advance. Yeah. We almost we, we do always sell out. And I love to have a, a waiting list. Yes. Because people do cancel. Of course. So. Well, that's just the nature of the biz. Exactly. Like those chefs, something comes up. <laughs> hey, Connie Adams, editor of Seattle Dining and founder of Cooking with Class. Thanks so much for joining me at Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. I'm so glad we've been here. What a treat. Hey, folks, uh, we've got some more exciting guests and some great beverages coming up right after this break on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. It's time for round three. And, uh, well, gosh darn it, I am all out of beverages. All I have is a really cool book, and it's making me thirsty because it's, it's a book titled Tasting Cider, the Cidercraft Guide to the Distinctive Flavors of North American Hard Cider. And I have the uh, author uh, and uh, editor for Sip Northwest Magazine. Erin James is here. She also uh, works with Cidercraft Magazine, which was born out of a little place on North Lake Union, if I recall correctly. That is correct. Hey, Welcome to Happy Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I understand, uh, as we were just chatting before, um, cider has a very special place in your heart because you were (laughs) drinking it, imbibing it while pondering matrimony. Yeah, it was was prior to the proposal, but uh, we were having dinner up at Quinn's on Capitol Hill, and my husband was just fumbling with his pocket, super freaked out. <laughs> As I was enjoying a wandering Angus Bloom cider, had no idea. I just kept thinking, why is he being so weird? Yeah. And then we get home, and there he is, down on one knee. 
Oh, you got home. He didn't do it at Quinn's. No. no. Okay. He's not a spectacle guy. No. He's a... He's got good vision. No, but no glasses. Yeah, I like there that. You go. Uh, well, so fun. I know that cider has um, been in our uh, civilization for thousands of years. I imagine, right? Apple's been around that long. Yeah. Let's talk about the history of cider. What's your take? Um, well, it's funny that you say that. The, the beginning of civilization, uh, one of the myths of the apple historians have now realized is that in the Garden of, Garden of Eden, it wasn't the apple that tempted Eve. It was actually a fig. So kind of really? interesting. Yeah. So the apple's not so evil, but it has some really fantastic folklore that goes with it. And Snow it, White? Yeah. I mean, that that's probably true. Yeah. Right. That was <laughs> Since Disney's that's a true, true story. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. So, um, no, the apple's history is fantastic. It's it's lasting. It spans the entire globe, and it's lasted centuries upon centuries, and uh, really just came to America, North America, in the 1600s, so with with the uh, Puritans. The Puritans, who, yes. you know, loved God. They liked but, their booze, though. Well, yeah, but they're <laughs> puritanical. They had all those other things you couldn't do, Yeah, um, like Ten Commandments and stuff, but that's, that's way back <laughs> yeah. then. We could change that. Do whatever you yeah. want now in cider. So, uh, with all the apples we've had in the United States... Is an apple traced back to where? Where's the apple from? Uh, the Kazakhstani Alps. Um, but the only apple that is um, native to North America is the crab apple. The crab apple. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, everything and else came over from, from so Europe. So did Johnny Appleseed come over on that boat, too? And is, is that a guy, a real story? Is that J- his name is John Chapman. It's a real story. He was around in the 1800s. Um, and he that's, that's kind of one of my favorite um, history debunks of cider is that uh yeah so johnny appleseed didn't um spread apples in a disney way barefoot and happy and eating them he spread uh cider apples so they were for cider they were bitter and tannic and acidic and uh, meant to be fermented so okay well well thank goodness he came around and uh it worked out now washington state is known for all the they call them table grapes so they call them table apples yeah culinary uh, or fresh apples yeah fresh apples or fresh fresh yeah fresh or out of hand there's lots of lingos for this conversation's getting apples. out of hand. I like it. Um, and the apple uh, it actually holds some mythology with, uh, of course, romance, the apple of mm-hmm. my eye, and, and, of course, the Snow White story. Um, but when we think about cider, and with, is, did it just move west with civilization in America? Or did that, it just... Yeah, more or less. Um, the apple has history in, and orchards have history in Mesopotamia. There's literally a orchard sale put in stone in a stone tablet which is really cool um really yeah and then julius caesar was supposedly a cider drinker queen victoria charlemagne um plenty anything drank that everything. wasn't dirty water i imagine yeah well then then that's really what helped the widespread of cider in the colonies was that there wasn't access to clean water so they drank cider because it was a clean uh, drinking substance. Right. Well, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's good juice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, y- the idea of this book, Tasting Cider, um, are there a lot of books on cider out there? You did some research, I imagine, before yeah. you said out that to... There's, there's quite a few, um, but they're more in a production sense. Um, there's a fantastic Portland beer writer who put out uh, a cider book called Cider Made Simple um, two years ago, and uh, that's a great look at cider. There, uh, to, that I know of, there are not books like our tasting cider book um it's it's comprehensive it talks about history it talks about the uh, recent and modern climb of cider it talks about 
producers. We profile 26 different producers in the book. There's over 300 tasting notes. There's 30 cocktail recipes. There's 30 cooking with cider recipes. It's it's really enough to fill your pantry with cider and cider food for at least a year. So there's I'm a sure. different idea of cider food. There's actually yeah. some because we did a pairing uh, two weeks ago with uh, Alan and Curtis um, from uh, Capital Cider. I'm looking at the the segments here. You've got uh, introduction, of course, the core essentials, uh, snapshot of cider history, the Puritans and Johnny Appleseed or Chapman as he was, uh, from branch to bottle, which sounds pretty cool. And you've got shake and stirred served up. Those are the cider cocktail recipes. Um, and then, of course, tableside sippers. Well, let's talk about some of the styles of cider. I know that a lot of times um, that most people probably had a cider. It was off dry or semi-sweet and was on tap and was just pretty, you know, a little more more expressive than a treetop apple juice with a kick. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the setters, there's, I, I called them variations in the book because style really was a hot button term to use because people, producers are like, yes, I make cider, apples and yeast, the end. And there are definitely additives that are put into that. So I wanted to give it a title to showcase those different variations um, without offending anybody it's a it's still such a sensitive industry because it's still defining itself so much so uh, I, you gotta you gotta tread lightly so I did but that's everything from hopped cider to fruit infused cider to ginger cider there's bell maybe not bell peppers jalapenos and ciders <laughs> um, but uh, there's such a wide variety and then there's kind of the two basic schools of an orchard based or uh, more of a traditionally produced cider that is just apples and yeast the end fresh pressed from the orchard and then there are um, the modern yeah modern modern ciders which can be concentrates as well as uh, fresh pressed and shipped to you because okay. you might have a cidery in Seattle and you don't have an orchard. How many ciders do we have in Washington? I think we have about, oh, geez, 60-some in Washington. In the Pacific Northwest with the Northwest Cider Association, they have like 88 members. Is that three states or is that three states that, and a territory? It is uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and British oh, Columbia. Okay, great. Yeah, so, and then BC has its own association like we were talking about earlier, too. So that's... Um, there's a lot of cideries in the area. Not all of them are members of that, but um, I, s I swear I get an email well, every cool, day. It's a cool new. club to belong to, I'm yeah. sure. And I'm speaking with Aaron James, the author of Tasting Cider, which is a new book. Where can people find this? I would think something like on Amazon, of course. But if I wanted to uh, patronize the mom and pop shop, where yeah. would, might I venture out to? Well, yeah. So it? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, Barnes and Noble. There people. you go. But well, but um, mom and pop, Barnes <laughs> yeah. and Noble. No, Elliot Bay carries us in Seattle. Book Larder. Um, right. Those two I know off the top of my head. Powell's in Portland has a nice, pretty sign just sitting in the window of the book that oh. kind of made my heart swell. Well, I love the photos. You've got uh, pictures of all different size, size bottles and labels, and you even talk about single variety ciders, which is really neat. So I would suggest that uh, um, uh, as a prelude to Cider Week coming up, September 7th through the 14th, was it? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, Cider 15th? Week. Hmm. SeattleCiderWeek.com. Washington Cider Week. Washington Cider Week, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Um, anyway, that's coming up, so mm -hmm. you can get this book and actually do a little the homework and do some, and so you can ask pointed questions and sound like you, you know what you're doing. But uh, um, I know that we're going to take a break here in a few moments, but let's talk about some of the styles. Give me a, a whole range of styles off the top of your head of, about cider. I mean, obviously we have uh, off dry, just the levels of sweetness, but mm -hmm. are there other ciders, other styles like we have in wine, um, uh, 
like the yellow wine or orange wine, things like that? Um, kind of like what I said earlier, like hopped hopped cider would be a style or variation. Um, fruit cider, um, single varietal being focused on a single apple variety. Uh, red flesh ciders using apples with red flesh and th- thus producing a rosé cider. Um, and then, of course, the variations of sweetness, which in the book we break down into four uh, sections being dry, off dry, or semi-sweet. Um, uh, shoot, no, semi-sweet dessert. and then dessert. Stew, yeah. yeah, or sweet, yeah. So, And those are like wine, but much looser, the varying levels of residual sugar or grams per liter. Um, so it's... Uh, it's that's what I said earlier about cider. It's still still fine tuning its identity because in many many states it's still produced under a winery license. So oh, right. we're figuring it out. It's kind of like bread, though, right? I mean, we think <laughs> about bread. What do we all? All right, San Francisco had the sourdough loaf, and then we found the croissant. We found the the cronaut. <laughs> I've never heard that comparison, but I but like it. But there's so that's many good. kinds of bread, yeah, you know. Totally. And even if it's corn based, it's it's a tortilla yeah. or it's naan, and it's kind of the same thing with cider. Well, this is fun. I know that uh, when we t- come back from this break, we're going to talk about some of the cocktail recipes that you have with cider because it's not just about enjoying it; you can use it as an ingredient, and of course, with some cooking. In this book, Tasting Cider, with author Aaron James, available at Barnes and Noble and Elliott Bay Bookstore and Book Larders here in Seattle. But uh, if you just want to use your fingertips Uh, of course there's amazon.com hey folks stick around we'll be right back with aaron james and tasting cider right here on happy hour radio Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hope you're having a great Saturday night. Uh, Tis the dog days of summer here in August. Uh, But... It's time for some cider. We've got Cider Week coming up here in Seattle. It's Washington Cider Week in September, um, WashingtonCiderWeek.com. And I've got uh, the author of Tasting Cider. It's Aaron James. It's The book is called Tasting Cider, A Cidercraft Guide to the Distinctive Flavors of North American Hard Cider. Now, this includes Perry. This is not just apples, but it also includes pears. And you have a whole section on Perry's, which is always fun. Now, are there actual s- cider pears? Because I'm thinking about Danju and Bartlett and Mm -hmm. Comis, but are there other pears? Yeah, so just for everybody out there who's not familiar, Perry is cider's cousin, so it's, it's fermented pear juice. Um, and and yeast, and that's what makes a peri. But yes, there are traditional peri pears All right. as far as varieties go. Um, not too many people in the states growing them and using them, um, but there are more and more coming in that are being approved to be grown here. It's such <laughs> a process. Oh, it's such a process. Is that by Trump? Yeah, <laughs> it's the Department of Agriculture going through many many steps. So. All right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of this. I know that this book is really great. It's got fun pictures. It talks about producers of both cider and peri. It's got pictures of labels, which is very helpful, uh, and also um, some breakdowns of, of cider profiles for different different styles. But let's talk about the cocktails. Did you have a Did you have an idea to make a, a cider based cocktail or a, a cocktail with cider in it at some point? So with the, with the whole style of the book, we really kind of base it off the style of Cidercraft magazine, and we regularly cover and include at least four uh, cocktail recipes with cider in every single issue. So that was kind of something that was already part of 
who we were um, and something we wanted to bring to the pages of this book. So that was that was really fun. I collaborated with um, bartenders across North America, reached out to really uh, fantastic and reputable bars and restaurants, and they came back with some really incredibly innovative and um, regionally focused cocktails. So every cocktail uses a cider from the bars area. I see. Yeah, so they're regional recipes. I'm looking at ones called Juan's Manzana, and this is from <laughs> Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, the ingredients are cinnamon sugar mixture, um, reposado tequila, excellent, uh, rosemary chipotle syrup, which sounds really cool, some plum bitters, never heard of that, and then uh, some cider, of course, with an apple slice for garnish. Now, that sounds really, really exotic, um, kind of wild with cinnamon and then rosemary and uh, chipotle. Have you tested these these recipes prior to actually printing them or we did yes really? tested them and same for the food recipes too it, there there are definite um there's a big scale of complicated cider cocktails like that one that has a couple steps as well as four ingredient cocktails in there too I, I like this too. I'm looking at some of the recipes. You have a Michigan cassoulet. Oh my god, that one's so good! <laughs> really, it's so Chef good. James Rigato and uh, the Root Restaurant and Bar in yeah. White Lake, Michigan. Yep, that's a multi James Beard Award winning chef that we were able to work with. He's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then we have Tom Douglas. He gave us a recipe from Etta's, and we've got uh, an Ethan Stoll recipe, Ethan Stoll Restaurant recipe from his pastry chef, and we have a lot of good Seattle representation. Cocktail cider from Cap. Cider. Awesome. And uh, this book, what's the what's the prize? Uh, what's the special listener discount price? <laughs> yes. Just for your listeners. It's uh, $19.95. $19.95. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, it's available out, and this just came out. Now, how many copies did you produce on this uh, inaugural release? I'm not entirely sure. We, I, I believe it was around a print run of 5,000, 5,000, 7,000. Okay. I was curious because mm -hmm. I'm looking for the total cases produced here, which is that's kind of a wine term, of course. Yeah. I was cider. like, do they list that in books? <laughs> they don't. They don't. Um, ciders for, they make cider all year round now, right? I mean, it's not just a fall, seasonal, autumn thing, right? It depends on the maker. Uh, okay. There are a lot of people that are more the orchard-based traditional producers that will harvest from their orchards and then only produce at that time of year. And then there's people, fortunately in Washington State, we have cold storage where you can get apples year-round. Uh, they won't likely be cider-specific apples, but they'll be Fuji, and you can ferment that and sure. add hops in it. Sure. You need, you need it acidity and, and bitterness and just a, just some sugar. You don't need a yeah. whole bunch of sugar. This isn't 25 bricks kind of thing. I always say the three things that make a balance, or three components that make a balanced cider is acid, tannin, and sugar, or fruit, however you want to balance that out. Okay. Well, I like that. That's kind mm -hmm. of like a That's what makes cider so interesting is that there are many different flavors, yeast strains, and, of course, uh, fruit Profiles as long as well as as sugar and sugar does enhance our flavor and and because vanilla extract I use that all the time smells great you mm -hmm. taste it it's nasty yeah. but if you have some sugar you're probably okay so cool um, we can see you at Cider Summit you will have these uh, books available yep. for autographs and for pictures because yeah that's what I want I see look at that <laughs> yes we'll be there signing I'll be there signing books and selling copies and then we also have our official Seattle launch party at the Woods which is Seattle Cider Co and Two Beers Brewing Tap Room in Soto on September 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. And a dollar from every cider sold goes to City Fruit. 
So the awesome. non- yeah, nonprofit that feeds families. That's great. And they pick up all the fruit from uh, trees and neighborhoods, just yeah. like mine in West Seattle. Hey, Aaron James, thanks so much. Congratulations on your book, Tasting Cider. We'll see you at Cider Summit. Thank you much. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll see you at uh, Salty's for the uh, the great uh, cooking demonstration and hopefully at Cider Fest. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you again next week. And remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.